Welcome to the Experimental Aircraft Channel podcast and video podcast series. Watch on YouTube under EAC Aviation Podcast or on iTunes, Podbean, or Google Play by searching Experimental Aircraft Channel. Here we talk about aviation in the form of experimental, light sport, and ultralight aircraft. Let's dive right into the interview. All right, everyone, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Experimental Aircraft Channel podcast and video podcast. If you're listening on iTunes, Podbean, or Google Play, thank you. And if you're on YouTube, thank you for joining us here on YouTube. Today, we are talking to a special person here, uh, Vance Simons, and I'm calling him the something everyday guy because about, well, last Christmas, I put a challenge out to everybody to get out in their shop and start working as a 31 day challenge. And I, I guessing Vance is already doing this because he's really a go-getter, but I'll ask him that in a second. But anyway, he, he literally went after it and has been, I think the number one poster on the Facebook group that I started uh, for the, for the group of experimental aircraft channel. So welcome Vance. Thank you, Brian. So to, to answer that question, were you already doing something every day prior to the 31 day challenge or did that kind of uh, prompt you to get going with it? Well, there's two, there's two uh, answers to that question. So I've been involved with experimental aircraft and ultralights as long as I can remember. And uh, I'm a pretty driven guy as far as uh, I'm very task oriented. When I get into a project, I kind of put my head into it and it drives my wife crazy, but uh, that's just kind of the way that I'm wired. Um, you just happened to find me at a time that really worked well, especially for what you were doing and uh, and what I was looking for. Um, I had uh, finished an Avid Mark IV uh, the previous year, and I had I'd been flying that and found that it was just too small for my mission. And uh, I had had this project uh, since 2014, and I had decided uh, to make a change and uh, to uh, go ahead and finish this project uh, that I had almost sold a couple of times. Um, but I decided that I wanted something a little bigger and uh, wasn't really concerned about a tailwheel versus a tri-gear, but uh, I'd already started it and uh, already had a lot of time and I'd done a lot of extra, extra stuff to make it a little special. And uh, I was uh, kind of pushed along by uh, some fellow builders that uh, they kept saying, um, you need to finish that plane. So about the time that you contacted me, I had sold the, the Avid okay. and I had actually signed up on the EAA site to uh, start a builder's log when, when I saw your post and I thought, man, what a, what a better way to, uh, to post what I do every day and, and share it with others. And it, it, it's just been a part of my life ever since then. So I really appreciate that. Great. Great. Well, I'm glad that uh, you jumped in on it. And you've been a big motivation to me too, honestly. In fact, uh, you have, have outdone me leaps and bounds. Of course, you know, I put that out uh, as a motivation to myself, actually, because we had a baby due like any minute. She was actually born January 10th. So I was in a race to the finish line of getting at least a segment done before baby arrived because I just knew that when she came, it's going to be just, you know, all attention to her for a while, which it has been, and rightfully so. Um, but yeah, I've, you've been a big motivation to me to see because you literally almost, almost every day, if not every day, because um, I, I see your, your post in the group, you, you've really stuck to it. So bravo to that. And thank you for that. Cause that's, uh, I know everybody in the group has seen it and I've seen it too. So thank you for that. Welcome. I, uh, I 
like I said, I appreciate the outlet. And, uh, you know, I was in your shoes one time, Brian. I was raised in a family of, of young children. And uh, all my friends that were building, you know, especially the ones that were ordering me were getting their planes done and they were, they were out there um, flying the planes. And I was still trying to scratch every minute that I could possibly get away to build an airplane. And uh, right. those, those were rough days. But uh, um, now that my kids are, my kids are grown, I got, uh, we got, we still got two at home. And, uh, but uh, I have three gone. We still have two more at home. One's in high school this year and the other one. You have uh, five. Yeah, yeah a couple, wow. couple more years, but uh, yeah, I, I've been in your shoes, so it, it's nice to, nice to have that free time come open, but uh, still, cherish, cherish what you got right now, because uh, <laughs> that goes away pretty fast, too. Oh, yeah, it, it is going by way too fast. My oldest is, I have a five-year-old, three-year-old, and seven-month-old, right? Uh, and I, how old are you, by the way? 50. You're 50, okay. I'm, I'm a few years behind. I'm 43, but still, I'm a I'm an old old dad with young, with, uh, young new kids, right? So most people my age and your age are just pushing them off to college by now, right? Mine are all in diapers still, pull-ups and diapers, but still <laughs> diapers nonetheless. Yeah, my, my oldest one is 24. <laughs> oh, geez, geez. I don't even wanna, I don't even wanna think down that, you know, not, not even the teenage years. Um, I'll keep them very, very involved in aviation so they can't afford anything else, right? Like boyfriends or something. That, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so talk to us for a minute and tell everybody what you do for a living and kind of like what your day, day life is and schedule. And then let's roll that into what is your, your schedule like working on the plane? Do you fit it in the morning, afternoon, when everybody's asleep? But yeah, first off, what do you do for a living? Um, I work for the uh, state of Washington. I work for the prison system. Um, I've been with them for 23 years. I'm a, my, my title is sergeant. I run a big communication center inside of a medium facility prison. And uh, so my job every day is uh, I go in and run a communication center um, along with uh, two other staff members uh, who I supervise. And uh, we hand out all the gear. We handle emergencies. We handle all movement in and out of the state for our, all the offenders. And then all the offenders that come in and off of the streets and uh, in and out of the prison systems, we handle all that too. So um, it, uh, <clears throat> I get there at, uh, I start at six o'clock in the morning, which allows me to be uh, off at two. Um, and I only live 30 minutes from work. So uh, I jump in the car and I get back here and my wife, she um, works uh, later in the evening. So I got lots of free time from the time that uh, I get home until I see anybody else. So. Uh, that that kind of really really helps me get something done. So I can be out here in, at three o'clock, and uh, she normally uh, works until six, seven, eight o'clock at night. So uh, that gives me a lot of free time, uninterrupted time to get out here. So that's uh, kind of one of the real reasons I get a lot done is I don't have a lot of people around. My you know my kids, uh, the boys they work, and uh, the daughter um, spends time with her stepdad half through the week. So. I just have a lot of time at home um, that uh, I can get a lot of done. Awesome. So any given day, you've got roughly three to five hours to, to put into it if, if you so choose. Yep. And I normally choose that. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's working, awesome. Working in my, working in my type of environment, uh, this is kind of also my stress relief too. I can come home and I don't ever turn on a radio. I, I don't ever turn on any noise. I just, uh, I just open the doors, get some cool air going, and uh, turn on the lights and get busy and let let my main, let my mind decompress a little bit sure. for the day. 
total, total immersion. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's, that's awesome. So, so do you typically stick to that schedule or do you wake up uh, early or stay up late sometimes to, to work through a certain stage of, or how I try to personally, I try to get like a goal done for a day. Of course it doesn't always work out, but try to finish something and then have a stopping point. A that keeps you, you know, on pace to do something. Also it's kind of rewarding. Like, you know, I checked that box. So I was able to get something done. Do you, how do you kind of step through that? Well, my job isn't extremely busy most of the time because I am a supervisor. So uh, I literally start in the morning by thinking about what I'm going to be doing the next day. Okay. I'll even go back and my, it, it drives my wife crazy, but I even watch my own videos. And it's not that I like to watch myself because I really don't. But what I like to do is to get my mind mentally prepared on what the next step is going to be on my project for the next day. Sure. So when I get home, I've already mentally already started to work on that airplane. And I've already done what I needed to do. And of course, you know, there are, you always have a glitch and, and, and nothing ever goes perfect. And it normally never goes the way it's planned. But if you can get your, get your mind in gear and, and, and start to think about how the, prog uh, the process is going to go and how uh, you're going to go about it and how to finish it, it really kind of gives you a leap of head on getting things done. Some days I come out and I'll work three hours on nothing. I mean, it just... But some days I'll come out here and I'll knock three or four extra things out just because I was already prepared to, to get out here and get moving. So you kind of um, have the, the mentality of like uh, the, the lay your clothes out before the next day kind of <laughs> kind of guy, right? Right. Pre-package -pre um, yeah, maybe I, your meals and have everything prepared so you just run, in, run in, right into it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not that good. Except Mills. <laughs> I know I just ran in and had a tuna sandwiches before <laughs> I worked out here until I knew this was going to happen. And then I grabbed a tuna sandwich uh, because, awesome. uh, um, but I'm really not a, I, I'm a, I've, I've been a morning person since birth and uh, I, I'm really not a stay up late and work. I, I find that my mind gets tired in the afternoon because I've literally kept an early morning schedule my whole life, even in my work uh, yeah. prior to working where I do now, I was a logger. And we were always up at three or four o'clock in the morning. So wow. um, I have always been up early and, and, and get my work done and then uh, come home and obviously get some airplane work done. But about eight o'clock, I start to shut down. Sure, <laughs> and, sure. Yeah, it's over at the gas tank's empty. It's time to, uh, it's time to go in and have some dinner and go to bed. I hear you. I, I was at the opposite end of that spectrum for most of my life. Like I used to stay up to midnight every night because I wanted to like suck every last minute out of each day before I'd go to sleep. But now having kids, uh, I find myself going to sleep sometimes at nine or, or 10 o'clock at night because, you know, they will get wake up at like one o'clock, two o'clock, three thirty is like this magic number for kids for some reason, even a diaper change or a bad dream or three, three thirty AM. And sometimes I have a hard time going back to sleep. So I'm thinking maybe I might adopt your way of uh, living and, and just start getting up early and put in maybe two hours before. Cause I tried, I mean, I'm now self-employed essentially doing, doing this, which is great. You know, it's, it's excellent. At the same time, I still have to kind of make a, a time frame job out of it. Right. Of where I start. Uh, so yeah, I may be doing that myself soon. And maybe, maybe it will be three thirty, maybe four or four thirty. I don't know, but then you do die off a little bit earlier in the day in the afternoon. Right. So, and I like you, I think I do most of my organization thinking in the AM and, and day. And then I, I can do more mechanical stuff in the afternoon, but just not the thought process isn't as quick. You know, it gets muddied up and I don't drink coffee, unfortunately. So, 
Awesome. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting to hear how other people work through that and, you know, what their, their schedules like. So the question I want to roll into is being that this is a long process. I mean, this is usually a couple year long process. You are attacking this hard and, and you are um, reaping the benefit from that. But what keeps you motivated on a, on a daily, weekly or monthly basis to like, let me get back out there. And, you know, because it is, I mean, even too much of a good thing can be too much sometimes, right? I mean, I, I love this, but I still need to take a break of it from it every you know, couple of days once in a while and just shut and hit the restart button on it, right? So what does that look like for you? What inspires you and motivates you to keep you going each month, uh, week and day? Well, um, I really like to build things with my hands. I mean, that, that's kind of my outlet and, and, and my passion anyway. And, and I, you know, to start off back in the uh, back in when I was you know in your shoes when I was young father and um, I, I was interested in ultralights but I was raising a family I, I didn't I didn't have I didn't have copious amounts of money laying around where I could go buy me a kit or anything so I started off with an ultralight um, and built it it was a Quicksilver MX um, that was a kind of defunct bird and then I bought a then I bought a uh, Phantom that was a total basket case and rebuilt it completely. Awesome. And then another one, and then a J3 kitten, and then a Hummelbird. I mean, I just kept kind of evolving my project. So that's just I've always been kind of motivated when it comes to airplanes, just because I love them. My dad was a pilot, my uncle was a pilot, my grandfather was a pilot, and I was the only one out of all the kids that caught the bug. But I guess I must have caught it pretty bad. Um, but as, but as far as to answer your question, uh, with this project, it hasn't always been like that. I bought this. Uh, I bought this as a partial kit. Now, this, mind you, this 701 has evolved into. I now I call it the XPX because it's extra, even past the SP mods, um, because I like to do new, innovative. I like to, I like to try. I'm an experimenter. Um, when you when you hear about people that like to experiment, I'm that guy. Um, but I bought this kit, and it was the old 950. Uh, pound gross weight kit that came with a 582 on it. So I had a lot of work to do to bring it up up to where it is. And then I got talked into um, changing the wing design. Um, I got uh, I talked into divorcing the elevator. I mean, I just did all the modifications back in the early days of the 701 as it was evolving into the SP and, and all the revisions that were being made. Um, I basically took an older plane and made all those revisions and a lot of them I made by hand um, because you know at that time I was still so I bought it in 2014 it was just a partial kit I started buying the pieces and the nice thing about having a company like Zenith and I, and I, and I really appreciate uh, this about them is uh, and, and and buying something as partial is I was still able to resource some of the things that I couldn't necessarily build at the time I was you know I was in a rental and and or I, I was in um, an apartment, then I was in a rental, and then you know the the kid kept moving from storage to a garage to you know. So I've been there. I've been there. Done it several times. It was nice. It was nice to have that out, have uh, them and, and their support, um, uh, and being able to buy the things that I, that I couldn't make and just keep plugging away. But it got to a point where I was there. I I put this thing away. Um, I, it it went into storage um, because basically because we were moving and building a house. And it stayed in the storage for over a year and a half. Um, I was tired of it. I'm not going to lie. I, I, uh, I had built a complete set of wings from scratch. I had spent copious amounts of time out here in the garage just banging away in this thing. And I wanted to fly. I, I had gotten my sport pilot's license in 2010. 
and I, it was time for me to to get in the air. I had not I had not touched a wheel um, since I got my sport pilot license in 2010. I had not flown um, until I bought this in 2014, except for a little experimental that I had access to a couple of times in a couple of years. And I was ready to fly, so I bought the Avid, um, and I finished that, and and then then I started to fly again. And then of course that didn't fit the mission then, so I was uh, offered to hang this up and, and a friend of mine, I was going to sell it. I, I was done with it. I was, I was completely, this is it. Burned, I'm done. Burned out. I, I burned out. I yeah. need to go fly. <clears throat> and then I got the Avid and I really got motivated again because of, I, I got to go fly the Idaho backcountry. I got to go hang out with my friends. We went to fly-ins breakfast. I mean, we did all the things that I wanted to do. And then I found out, well, Hey, I really needed that airplane that I was building. That's the, the, the I needed for this mission. It fits your so, mission. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I went ahead with a with a new uh, with a new charge <laughs> in my soul. That uh, um, then you, you've also seen my the other plane that I was flying to Avid Magnum. That was my I father's did. plane. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, I sold mine. He let me have his for a while. Now he's taken that back. And now that's his. So my sole dedication is not to be building for the next three or four years. I want this done. Sure. So. When I started in on this this time, it was with the with the understanding that I was going to finish it uh, in the spring of this year. Okay. Well, <laughs> here we are. Here we are at the end of the summer. I didn't quite. Uh, I shouldn't have probably said which spring that I was going to finish it in, but uh, I'll definitely finish it this year. Um, well, but, you're, uh, you're you're making mad progress, though. I mean, I've been watching you, and you really have been making mad progress. So, so ironically. <laughs> what really, really boosted your enthusiasm to get back into this was flying, was actually yeah. getting back in the plane and flying again. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that's really cool. In fact, it, well, you not everybody can afford to fly and build it. I'm kind of in the same situation, uh, to be honest with you, right? So I haven't been flying a whole lot over many years because of, it's like, yeah, I've decided to devote my time and, and resources into building. So that's what's sitting on my table right here, right now, right? But just recently, I, I went out and flew, uh, I, visited, I visited Brands Designs out there in Hayes, Kansas with with uh, Randy and Michelle Schlitter. And I flew the S21, uh, both the tail dragger and um, the nose dragger, the tricycle gear. And Randy let me fly left seat. And it's, it's, I, haven't, I haven't flown in probably about two years. I mean, I'm current, but it's been about two years because I went and got my check ride. Went up and it's, it's a brand new plane, never flown it before. I'm more of a yoke kind of guy. Uh, I'm, I haven't flown much stick. And of course the Zenith is that center Y stick, which is gonna be totally different on top of that. So it's a stick, the controls are different, the plane's different, all that. And I landed the tailwheel, he did, cause I don't have any tailwheel time. But I landed the tricycle gear the first time out. And like, it was, it was a screecher. I mean, it was just like, it was amazing, you know, and that in itself, it's like you would think after two years, it'd be really rusty and you just slam it in. But no, it's, it's like, it's literally like riding a bike. But after he went in the, the pattern, like two times, I did two takeoffs and two landings. And by the second time around, I'm like, wow, I really <laughs> miss this. You know, yeah. I really miss this, like being at the controls. And, and I think it's the actual, the completion of, of like, I've always loved the landing, taking off. That's, that's the easy part, right? The challenge of the landing and to be able to, to conquer that, if you will, really is a, a big boost to you, right? For confidence of being able to do something like that. So I, I definitely feel you with that. And uh, I do think it's funny that, yeah, 
So maybe it should be a message to everybody out there listening. If you're starting to get a little bit slow in your build and you're getting burnt out, take that time off and go fly with somebody because that'll just reinvigorate you like instantly. Another another thing um, is I uh, went down to the high Sierra flying last year. Did you? And uh, yeah, so um, I, I I got to meet all those guys at Oshkosh in 2018 and. Uh, and uh, really enjoyed going down there to the High Sierra Flying. Um, that was also another motivator to go down there and hang out with uh, all those guys. Sure. And and um, see how innovative they are and just the whole other side of the experimental stool competitions and stuff like that. Um, if, if, if you need a boost and, and this is the type of flying that you do, yeah. you need to go visit <laughs> the High Sierra Flying. If you yeah, get a chance to. hopefully next year that will be back in session too. I know Kevin, last minute decision, he was on the fence, but he decided to uh, to cancel that this year as well. But yeah, hopefully that'll all be back online next year. We can, I'd like to go out there, you know, experience the dust and everything, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, yeah, that, that play of dust is something else. Like Kevin, um, that guy, it, it, you've obviously met him. I've seen your videos, but uh, he, he is so genuine. And yeah. uh, I, yeah. I, we, we went and hung out with him. Uh, we have a friend in common, a uh, friend of mine, Joey Myers, who got me into uh, the Abbots. Um, he, uh, he, he knows uh, Kevin and all those guys really well. So uh, we got to go hang out with him a little bit. And yeah, he's just one of those down to earth guys and he's real. And, and uh, he's, he's really done a really cool, amazing thing there, especially for guys like us that love, like that stole type of flying. So yeah, if you, if you want to get some motivation, that's a darn good place to so go get some, Go get some uh, dust all over you and inside your camper and everything and uh, watch some of that cool stove flying and that'll definitely get you charged up to come back and get started on the project. Sure, sure. <laughs> so to, to go back to your project for a second, in case anybody didn't catch on to what uh, Vance is building, he's building a Zenith CH701 uh, and a bit of, of a mix of everything, right? Because what have you modified that's different from the factory again? The, the wings... Well, talk about the wings for a minute. What did you do there? Um, that's, so, that's the biggest change of everything, I think, is the wings, correct? Correct. So I, I added a bay, which I actually took the, I actually got a set of hand drawings from uh, um, Chris Hines from years and years ago, where he drew somebody out a set of hand, uh, hand drawn plans to uh, lengthen the wings one bay. And I followed those pretty much to the letter. But the, the major and thing what, that I what, did, what is that roughly on a 701? Because like I'm building a cruiser, to be honest, right now, and those are tightly packed. Yours is a little bit more spread out. So what is one bay? Like a foot or two feet? How much is that? Uh, if I remember right, it's three, It's either 355 or 385 millimeters. So right, whatever yeah, that's that... Right. Everything's in millimeters with uh, Zenith. What, whatever that equates to. Right. But it is, it is one uh, complete bay. Okay. Um, so, but, but to do that, I was still working with an older kit. So I had to actually rebuild the whole spar and the whole nine yards. So heavier spar, heavier caps, heavier center section. Um, because you don't go into that, you know, with all the little 950 pound gross weight parts and, and uh, expect there to be a good outcome in it. So I followed everything else to the letter and actually upgraded the um, wing attachment uh, to 40 thousandths instead of the 35, I believe that they called in the SP mod. Um, because I knew what the type of flying, I was actually originally going to put a Corvair engine on this thing. Um, so that was kind of my push to put a bigger wing on it. Because everybody says, you know, that's, you know, that's a lot of um, the guys that were flying those. And it just, you know, felt like it could use a little more wing. So that was kind of what got me pushed in that direction. 
Um, obviously, I didn't end up going with that engine. I ended up going with the 100 horse Rotex. But uh, um, I got I got roped into with about seven other guys of building a, um, a droop nose rib. Um, so it's it's a completely different nose rib. It gets rid of the slat. Um, it actually is more, I would say, more like a, uh, an early Abbott or a, a Kit Fox under cambered wing type, and it just does it in the nose area. We okay, had an aeronautic. So the so the trailing edge, uh, the trailing rib, is the same. It just the, the D section of the nose is what changes for this. Exactly. So okay. everything from the spar back is uh, is original, but everything forward of that is not. And I want to tell you, everybody, right now, if you're thinking about doing this stuff, I would highly, uh, I would, I would tell you not to. <laughs> if, you, if, if you want to add years to a project and and uh, um, probably a few more years of your life, uh, try to modify something. You know, I tell everybody now. You know, I'm an experimenter. I like to do that kind of stuff. But I tell them right now, Zenith's got a great design. It does what it does very well, and you, people either love it or they hate it. But I'll tell you what, um, you'll never go wrong with building anything. And if you're experimental, then experiment. But it, you, if, if you're not and you're on the fence about it, just build the thing from the kit. Because I tell you what, it's a great flying airplane right out of the box the way it is. And you're going to get it done faster, especially with these newer. My kit didn't have one hole drilled in it. I had to drill every hole and every skin and everything. So right. yeah, it, it, made, it made the process longer. But I tell everybody now, when they, I've had guys call me and say, hey, you know, I seen you did some cool stuff to your airplane. I'm like, can I can I just talk you out of this? <laughs> because you change one thing, you change everything else, and you know it's a yeah. matter of safety. You have to do it the right way, and and uh, so um, not only so the wing is one bay, droop nose ribs. Um, that's pretty much all there is, except for all the changes that had to be made to the wing uh, structure itself to to make all that happen safely. Um, that's 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 as far as the wing goes. But I did a lot of other modifications, um, as far as you know, the divorced elevator. Um, I have the no banana slot. You know, just some of this common stuff that you see a lot of the guys uh, do on the 701s down through the years. I just kind of implemented them in as I went along. So n nothing really, except for the tail section. Um, I have a Savannah tail on my airplane. Oh, um, okay. So it's a horizontal stabilizer only. I did not go with the uh, vertical stabilizer. So the Savannah has a vertical stabilizer than a rudder on the on the back of it. Okay, um, so you, you don't want the offline rudder still that Zenith has. Right, I went with the flying rudder tail, but uh, I just happened to, out of dumb luck, I wasn't even trying to do it. Um, I had actually read an article in, uh, in uh, Stoll Speed and uh, they had done the same conversion to a 701. And I just happened to a year later come across a, a seven o or a, a Savannah tail. Um, it had ran off the runway and, and and been involved in a wreck in the front. And I was able to get all those parts. So I thought, hey, what the heck? I was I was still young and ambitious then. So, so is the difference on that is that a symmetrical um, foil versus a uh, inverted? Yes, correct. Okay, um, it, it is a true symmetrical tail. I see. Um, so. But like I said, I had to do over again. I would have left it alone and just put the seven hundred one tail. You can get you can get uh, you can get the modifying these projects, and you can add so much time and energy and and uh, you know I, I could have finished this thing probably two years ago if I had to done all that extra work and been out flying and enjoying the airplane. And uh, but you know at, at this point I can't turn around and go back now, so it's getting finished. I'm going to get it done. Sure, sure. 
Yeah, and, and you, you have this, uh, the Rotax, is it a ULS uh, or is it the 80 or 100 horsepower model of it? Yeah, mine's the S version, which is the same as the ULS. The S was just the certified version, but uh, I bought it. It's a low, low time uh, used engine. Okay. Um, it was, I, I, be, I, I believe as far as I could, uh, I got pretty good logbooks with it. They never did say what happened, but I was told from the person I bought it from that it was a, uh, in a hurricane um, accident and tore the airframe up. Um, so it's got low time hours on it. Um, it's a great little engine. Um, it's got an extensive, uh, extensive, probably the best records I've ever seen on an engine from, from the time that it, that it was born till uh, service records were phenomenal. So I sent it to a buddy that's a Rotex guy and he called me back in, the, in an hour and said, if you don't buy that engine, I'm going to. I said, okay, I'll buy the engine. That instills a little bit of confidence there, huh? <laughs> right. Awesome. Well, that will perform well with the 100 horsepower and that lightweight airframe for sure. So that'll, that'll do you really good. I hope so. If I quit adding stuff to it. Right. right. That's another, that's another bad thing about going and flying for a while is then you figure out all the stuff that you want in your new plane. And yeah. that also can get you sidetracked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got to have some lights. Oh, I got to have those lights. I got to have this. I got to have that. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a sickness, but Hey, <laughs> there's a lot worse things to be sick about than the airport work. Yeah. I mean, if, if you, I mean, that's what's, drawn so much so many of us to this and to me especially is that wherever you know where else can you get such a mix of the engineering artwork you know all mixed in into one you know it's the most rewarding diy project that you can possibly do right so yeah tons of fun keeps you busy in your garage uh hopefully you get other people involved every now whether it's a neighbor or your kids or your wife whatnot too because it can well Part of the reason why I started the group too, and to say it with videos, because it can get a little bit lonely in the shop, just listening to the radio or not listening to the radio. Uh, so just to like turn on um, your computer for a few minutes and catch up with a couple other people who are doing the same thing so you're not so alone. I remember doing another project years ago and total immersion, like, I mean, just spending, you know, five or six hours a day on a project and you just like, you finally look up and you're like, oh, wow, it's time to go to bed. You know, just time just flies by. But at the same time, the, the social aspect, when you are building, unless you actually make a point to schedule it, have somebody over or to go out to visit somebody, uh, you're doing it alone. So trying, right. to, trying to do that a little bit less uh, or at least keep connect with other people because it helps keep you motivated too, I think. Yeah, build, building an airplane is a very lonely thing most of the time. And uh, had it been for the internet, I mean, Back in my ultralight days, we didn't have, you know, cell phones that we packed around the garage and videoed ourselves with. So um, spent a lot of time down there by myself. Uh, you know, not a lot of people knew what I was up to. But now man, I, I got like a whole fan club at work. Everybody's like, hey, that's cool. I see what you did the other day. Yeah, they're even they're even on they're not even flyers and they're part of your channel because they they just want to see my updates and want to see what I'm doing. So that's cool. Um, it's, it's pretty cool to share that. Um, did I ever tell you how the seven uh, the something everyday thing started? No, go right ahead. So um, I, I got a good friend here. His name's Daryl Jones. Uh, he's been kind of uh, a, a mentor to me. He's, he kind of came up through the experimental ranks, had a kit fox and all that. Now he plays Mur Murphy Moose. And uh, we have, uh, he, he's at Feltsfield in Spokane. <clears throat> but uh, we're always visiting other people's projects. Well, there's a, there's a, a guy on the field. Um, his name is Addison. And uh, Addison has built, 
he, they just keep turning out these biplanes and grum and gooses. I mean, this stuff just knocking it out of the park. I mean, every time you go into the shop is there's another something done. And of course he's got a big shop and lots of cool tools and blah, blah, blah. But I asked him one day, I'm like, Addison, how is it that you get so much done? How, how do you finish these airplanes? Yeah. And his word and his exact words were, I do something every day. You have to do something every day. He said, even if it ain't turning a wrench or cutting metal, he said, even if it's planning or whatever it is, you have to do something every day to get these things done. And that's kind of stuck with me this whole time. So uh, that's uh, that's how the 701 something every day thing got started. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, even if you aren't physically putting something together, riveting, painting, whatever, even if you're just reviewing the drawings for what you're going to do the next day, that is time in. That's keeping your head in the game. As a problem um, with, with doing this is if you do get out of it, even for a week, it's, it's just like flight train. If you go back to your flight training days, I'm not sure if everybody does this, but I know I did. When you start, you start training, if you go in just once a week, all right, you spend an hour up in the air and you do your flight training, you go back next week, well, the first 30 minutes of your hour, you're trying to go over what you did the previous week. So you're only getting 30 minutes new out of the, the session, right? It's the same thing with building. If you're out of it for a week, then you have to spend probably an hour reviewing the drawings, what part was here, what part was that, because you don't want to take a step forward and put something together that you missed something, right? So you want to review the drawings. So yeah, to keep your head in the game, it is very uh, pro productive to do something every day, even if it's just reading the drawings or the assembly manual or talking mm -hmm. about it or talking about a subsection with somebody over the phone so you can wrap your mind about what is going in next. So. And, and that's what's nice about these videos, even if you take a time off. Um, you know, when I took that two years off, it was horrible dragging that back in here and trying to start over. I was like lost for like three or four days. Yeah. And it was just getting out here, taking a look at it, going back to the drawing, just like you said, refreshing my memory. See, there's still stuff. I'm like, I don't even know what I did. I don't even know how I, what, how I did it or, or how I even made that happen. Uh, how, <laughs> so it's your what, own video, your own video log <laughs> to go back and yeah. trace your steps. Huh? Yeah. If I had had a video log, that'd have been great. I could have just went back and, Oh, okay. Now, now I know what I did there. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I'll, I'll be completely transparent and honest because of the baby thing. I haven't worked on my project nearly at all. And now that I'm actually trying to get back into it, I want to catch up because I had these goals set. So I'm honestly a little bit embarrassed. No, I'm a lot embarrassed about the progress that I have not made. So I want to spend like the next couple of weeks and really play catch up. So I'm like, look, there is something done after six months, you know? So in, in a few more weeks, I'll, I'll start posting again myself on that. But I just feel totally embarrassed. That I have not, I mean, I, life happens. I, I know this is the experimental aircraft channel. And I promote the heck out of this, but the reality of it is life does happen, but you know, pick up where you left off and, and get back to it and just build it. Right. Well, Brian, nobody's going to fault you for taking care of your family and, and, and being a dad and doing all those things. You know, you, you may not be building, but you're promoting um, what we do in such a manner um, with the videos and, and, and stuff like we're doing right here. And, and that right there is, is a huge difference to, to me, to a lot of guys out there that are either thinking about getting into building or have been building for a long time, um, that kind of motiv motivation to keep on going. Um, we, we need guys like you out there that are doing this kind of thing in order to keep the rest of us uh, fired up and alive. Um, even if you're raising a family, like I said, man, that's the best part of life right there. So I never, it never, is, never yeah. no, no doubt. That. 
<laughs> I still joke with my wife. I mean, we've been married for about seven years. We've got three kids. And I started this project about five or six years ago. I ordered the plans, did the tail kit, and then I did a plans belt wings. I love working with metal too. But in this time period, she's been able to fabricate three human beings, and I haven't been able to finish one airplane. So she's the real go-getter. She has manufactured three human beings in the time I haven't even finished one airplane. So good yeah, my wife works, Katie. my wife works two jobs. If I could get her fired up on my airplane project, we'd have had that done a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> but she also she also really supports me. She's she's become a really great cook. And now she's getting into baking, which is not good for my belly at all. I need to lose <laughs> some weight. And now she's getting into baking. But she'll bring down a plate of something while I'm working. I was like, she's my cheerleader. She's absolutely my cheerleader. So she's definitely putting time in with this, too. That sounds like a rough problem to have, sir. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Eventually, you know, things, things happen really good in life. It just it takes time to get there sometimes. Make, make, make good choices. Make good choices, right? And eventually, life will reward you with with fun and good things. We hope so. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, thanks for uh, taking a bit of your build time tonight to talk aviation with me. I really appreciate it. And I'm sorry we, we didn't get together soon. I've been wanting to get together with Vance for some time um, and, and share what he's been doing. And if you haven't uh, checked out the Experimental Aircraft Channel group, guys, I invite you right now to come out there and... Uh, Go to, go to Facebook and hit hit the join. And to people that have joined, say it with video thing. If you can keep posting video, um, I'm not going to kick you out for posting pictures only, but I love to see video. I love to see action and, and um, see what people are, are doing in their garages. In fact, talking about the Savannah, there's somebody that is building something similar to the Savannah. It's called a G1. G1. He just yeah, posted a couple of days ago or last week, and he's been posting, which I was in shock that, you know, somebody's, you know, saying it with video, the new guy out there. So, yeah, I've been watching Mark stuff. He's uh, he's jumping right in there and getting it done. So, yeah, he's 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 another one to, to keep an eye on. He, yeah, he might, that's another he might pass me. But that's another interesting kit. You know, their fast build is really it's together, apparently. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll have to reach out to him and say hello. But thank you again for your uh, for your time today. Uh, I'm gonna. I think we've got about 35 or 40 minutes. But I'll let you get back to work. For everybody listening out there, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the podcast and video podcast. If you could subscribe, tell others to subscribe. We'll grow this slowly but surely and get more people involved in aviation at the experimental light sport and ultralight aircraft end of things. So. I'll check in with you again soon, Vance, on, on Facebook, and hopefully we can meet up together and go flying together. Sounds good. Remember, something every day. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Thanks. Hey, Brian. Thank you for tuning in and watching and listening today. Remember to like and subscribe, and we'll catch you in the next interview.